begin the Gemara today in the last line of Dav, Ayin Tes, Ahmed Aleph. The Gemara here is discussing the halachas of Nikhse Melug. So the general halacha regarding Nikhse Melug is that whatever properties or even valuables that the Isha brings into the marriage, so the Keren itself belongs to her, but the Paytas, whatever produce, whatever improvements come out of it, uh, the Shvach that comes out of it, that belongs to the husband. Rukmari is going to discuss different details regarding this halacha. Omer Ab Abba, Omer Ab Aishia, Omer Ab Yanai. Hagoynev Vlad Behemes Molog. A person steals from a woman. What is he stealing? The baby that was born from a behema, from an animal that, that's Molog, that the, that the Isha brought into the marriage. So now the behema itself that she brought into the marriage, that belongs to her. That's the keren, that's what she brought in. The Vlad, you would think now that this baby that was born from this animal, so that's a peri, that's like the, 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 the product that came out, and that, that should belong to the husband. Now, so if this person comes and steals this baby that was born from this animal that the Isha brought into the marriage, so who, the, who does she, should, should he have to pay back to? So you would think maybe to the husband, right? So he said, no, Mishalem Tashlume Keifel Isha. So the Ganev, when he has to pay, and he pays the Keifel, which is the halacha by Gnevet, that you pay double of what you stole, so he has to pay that to, the, to her. Even the, the baby born also belongs to her. So the Gemara will explain this. Now, Kanan, according to whose opinion did he say this? This is not like Rabbanon's opinion, and not like Hanan, as we have here, Braise, the Tanya, the Braise says, Vlad behemas Malog, this baby born from this animal that the, that the wife brought into the marriage, Labal, so that baby belongs to the husband. That's that's the produce, that's the, the fruit that comes out that belongs to him. However, Vlad Shifchas Malog, but the baby that comes from a, a maid that she brought into the marriage and she gave birth, Soleisha, that baby does belong to his wife. Now, what's the reason for this distinction? The Gemara will soon explain. But what's Negev for us right now is that the Rabbanon here in the Brais are clearly saying that even the baby of this animal belongs to the, uh, belongs to the husband. The Hananya ben Achi Yoishia Oimer, Hananya says, Asu Vlad Shivchas Meluk, Kivlad Behemes Meluk, the halacha of a maid that gave birth and a behemoth that gave birth is the same, and the Vlad, the, ba- the baby born, both of them belong to the husband. So we see here, everybody agrees that the baby born from this animal belongs to the husband. So why, if a person steals, does he have to pay the kaful to the wife and not to the husband? Answers the Gemara, Filatayimit Divriyakayil. You can say that the halacha before was said according to both, according to the Rabbanon and Hananya. And the reason is, there's a difference between the Vlad itself and the payment of the kaful. Peira to kinulei Rabbanon. So the fruits, in other words, the, the Vlad itself that's born from this behemoth, that Chachamim instituted goes to the husband. So the Vlad of the behemoth, Taka belongs to him. But Peira, dip Peira, but then the fruits of these fruits, which in this case is the payment of the kaful that the Ganav pays for it, that later that the Rabbana did not institute that should belong to him. So what? What? The, now, the, let me add two points here for the pshat of the Gemara. So number one, what that would mean is that the actual payment of the keren, when the Ganav pays the payment for the actual vlad itself, that would go to the husband. It's only the kafel, the double payment, which will go to the isha. Number two, Tesis points out that the truth is, the Gemara says later, we'll learn this not in that law in Bapay Gimel, that really the paytis and the payta paytis, it all goes to the husband. So it says clear that it does. Over here, our Gemara is saying, pay to the pay to, to 
So Taisus explains this is a unique kind of peter peters. This is not like these, these fruits that you then, it produces other fruits, or then you buy from it and it produces more. Over here we're talking about peters that come from a ganef, that's paying kefal. That's like totally disconnected. He stole it and he has to pay kefal. It's this type, specifically this type of peter peters, which is coming from this ganef that has to pay it, that that it belongs to the husband and it goes to the wife. Now the Gemara goes back to explain the Pshat of the Rabbanan's opinion in the Braisa when he made a distinction between the Vlad of a Behemah and the Vlad of a Shifcha. Says the Gemara, according to Hananiah, we understand his opinion, Haino, the reason what he's saying is, the Lechai Shinon, or some greatest Lechaiish, he wasn't concerned of Lamisa, that the animal that she brought into the marriage will die. In other words, the Pshat of here is, if the animal that she brought into the marriage will die, so then the, the Vlad would be considered to be Keren, because any time the Keren itself will, will eventually disappear, over here will die, so then the, the Vlad will be the, really the Keren. The Vlad is not considered to be the Pedis. The Vlad is the only Keren that the Isha has. When it comes to a Karka, the Karka is always there. So the Pedis that grow belongs to the husband. The Karka never disappears. But what's if you have Keren, where the Keren itself is going to die, so then the, the Vlad that's born is considered to be the Keren itself. That's what you would say. So Hananiah says that we don't, we don't care about the fact that the behemoth itself that you brought into the marriage is going to die. And therefore, whether it's a behemoth, whether it's a maid, a shifcha that gave birth, the behemoth and the shifcha itself is the keren. And the vlad that's born is always going to be the pedis. So that he makes no distinction. That's understood. El Rabbanon, but according to the Rabbanon, why is he making a distinction? If they pay attention to the fact that the behemoth or the shivcha itself dies, so then I feel a vlad behem is belong namiloi. So even the, the, the baby born from the behemoth should also not belong to the husband because this is the keren itself. Since the behemoth dies, so therefore the vlad is, it belongs to, to her, to the, to the wife. And if they do not pay attention to the fact that it's going to die, that doesn't matter. And therefore the baby born is considered to be like a peri that comes out. So then I feel of la chas malug nami. So then even the, the baby born from the maid should also belong to the, uh, to the husband. What's the difference? So the, so the kids, so the question is, why did he make a distinction between the behemoth and the shifcha? Answers the Gemara, lo'olam chai Really the pshat and Hanani's opinion is, uh, that the, or, or I'm sorry, the Pshat and the Rabbana's opinion is that they do pay attention to the fact that the behemoth itself, or the Shifcha itself, will die, and therefore, really, the Vlad that's born is um, supposed to be. Just a second, where am I here inside? Again. Um, they always are concerned about the fact that it's going to die. So therefore, really, the Vlad of the behemoth, the Vlad of the Shifcha, should be considered to be the Keren. Bishani behemoth, but by a behemoth it's different. Why is it different? The ikka Even after the behemoth dies, you still have the hide of the animal. So the Isha could never say that this is something where the keren itself dies, so therefore the Vlad is my real keren, because no, even after the behemoth dies, she still has the hide of the animal. So just like a piece of karka, the husband gets the paytas, and she's always left with something. She always has the karka itself. By the behemoth, I can say she has the hide of the behemoth, which is very valuable. Whereas by the shivcha, if the shivcha dies, so then she has nothing, so therefore the vlad of the shivcha will belong to her. So he said about this machlaikis, halacha kechananya. We pass like chananya that said that the vlad of the shivcha, the vlad of the behemoth is the same. 
Even though Shmuel said that Allah is like Hananya, but Maida Hananya, Hananya will agree, if she gets divorced, see, even though in such a case, Hananya said that the, the Vlad of the Shifcha is just like the Vlad of the Beheme and it belongs to the husband, but nevertheless, she can tell the husband, I'm paying you for the Vlad of this Shifcha, even though it, it, it belongs to you, but I'm going to pay you for it. And she takes it back for her, with herself, back to her family when she gets divorced. Why? Why do we give her this right to pay and take it back? Because this is something that comes from a father's house. This is something that is, belongs to her family. And therefore, even though Take this is paid this, but nevertheless, Shvach Besavia is something that she has rights to, to take back for herself to her father if she gets divorced. So, but she has to pay for it, but she can take it back. She brought a goat to the marriage and there's milk. You can milk the goat. And the Rachel Legizasa or a sheep, and you have the wool that did the shearings of the wool, the Tanagailis Lebetsasa, and hens which lay eggs, the Dekel of or palm tree that has the, the dates that grow. So so these are all, all the things of, of, that are the paytas that the husband eats from them. He, take, he, can milk the, he can milk the goat and the shearings and the eggs or the dates. These are all things that the husband can use. He can even use it to the point that there's no keren left. The, 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 will be, the goat will die or the, the, the tree will dry up. He can, the, the, all these paytas belong to him, even though eventually the keren itself will be destroyed. Rav Nachman said, if she brings into the marriage clothing, so So the usage of this clothing is considered to be the paytas. It's not the, not the principle, it's not the keren itself. The wearing it, that's paytas. And the husband, the husband could wear these clothing until it gets completely worn out. And then she just takes back the, the clothing itself, the worn out clothing. According to who? Did Rav Nachman say this? According to the Tanya and this Braise, the Tanya, the Braise said, if the Isha owns a property, she owns a piece of property at the shore by the water, and over there is a place where you take out salt, there's sand that's used to, to, that for, for there for building. So the salt, the salt and the sand that you take out from there, that's considered to be paytas. Even though what you're taking out, it, it uses up the keren eventually, but nevertheless, this is, it's considered to be the paytas that you take out from that area. However, if you have a, the source of the place where you take out the sulfur and or the place where they dig out to take out alum, so over here, Rabmeya says this is considered to be the keren itself that belongs to the Isha. And therefore, you can't, you, you can't take this out and use it. The husband will not be able to take this and use it for himself because this is something that gets used up much quicker. So therefore, this is, this is considered to be the keren itself that belongs to her. And therefore, if the husband wants to have any usage of this, he's going to have to sell that area and then buy another property where it's going to grow fruits and I'll be able to eat the fruits. Like the Gemara said before, anytime you get something that has no fruits, so you have to sell it and buy something else that does have fruits. The Chachamim Ma'imrim pay this. The Chachamim say, no, that this place, so the, the place itself, it's sort of like a pit in the ground where you take out the sulfur from, or you take out the saloon from there. The place itself is considered to be the, the Keren. And then the Paytas, whatever you take out from it, that's considered to be the Paytas, and that's what the husband could eat from. He doesn't have to sell it. This itself is considered to be the Paytas. So according to the Chachamim, 
The Gemara before said the same thing, to a glima, if you have the, 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 the garment itself. The husband could use the very garment itself, even though the garment itself gets used up, but it doesn't matter. This is the usage of it, and therefore that's considered to be paidis, and just the worn out clothing is what's going to be left for her. Rab Shimon Aymer, Rab Shimon said, Mokayim Sheyofa Koychay. That, um, so Rab Shimon said over here regarding a wife that brought into the marriage a piece of, a piece of land that has fruits that are attached to the ground. So those fruits that are attached to the ground, what Allah do those fruits have? So Rab Shimon says, Mokayim Sheyofa Koychay, that when she brings this into the marriage, the fruits attached to the ground belong fully to the husband, even though she's bringing it all in together. So you may think that the fruits are part of the keren. Rabbi Shimon said, no, those fruits are considered to be uh, the, the paydas that belong to the husband. That's when they enter into the marriage. So the Gemara asks, Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon seems to be saying the exact same thing as the Tanakhama. Right before that, the Mishnah, the Chachamim said that the, that the fruits that are attached to the ground, even though she brought it all in together, but the paydas belongs to him. So what's Rabbi Shimon adding that the Chachamim did not say? So the Gemara answers, Rab Shimon then added something else, that now if she gets divorced and she's taking back her properties, if those properties have fruits attached to them, so over here, what happens is, that when she gets divorced, she takes the properties together with the pedis that are attached to the ground. If she brings the karka with the paytas attached to the ground into the marriage, so then the husband gets all those fruits. But then if she gets divorced and there are paytas attached to the ground, those paytas she could take with herself. That was the chilish of Rab Shimin, which the Tanakhama did not say. According to the Tanakhama, if she gets divorced and there's paytas attached to the ground, the husband can cut off those fruits for himself and she only gets the karka itself. So that's the machlaikis here. If she brought into the marriage, she inherited during, during the marriage uh, servants, uh, maids that are old and they, they can't work very well. So you can sell them. And instead, you can buy a karka, a piece of land, and he's going to eat fruits. So instead of having these servants here and the usage the husband has from them is very little because they're old. So now you buy a karka and you have the paytas and you can get much more. Says, no, you should not sell these maids or these servants that she brought in from her family. Because these are things that she brought from that belongs to her family. And it's, it's sort of something that's special that belongs to her family and she doesn't want to sell them. So as old as they are, it doesn't matter. The husband's going to have to get the usage out of them. If she brought into the marriage or she inherited in the marriage an olive tree or a vineyard, which are old and are not in good condition. So this as well, the husband can sell it. And let him buy a new good piece of land and he'll be able to eat the fruits. Rabbi says, This should not be sold. Because this is the shvach that comes from her father's house and she doesn't want to sell this. Something special, this piece of land belonged to her family for many years and she doesn't want to sell this. Omer of Kahana, Omer Rav, so of Kahana said in the name of Rav, so this is going on the Seifa of the Mishnah, when she brings in this olive tree or this vineyard that were old. Machloikis, the Machloikis, whether the husband is allowed to sell this or not, is Shenoflu Bisada Shalah. In the time when that Shenoflu Bisada Shalah that this is uh, her, her properties that, that belong to her. But 
In other words, what this means is that uh, the, the, the olive trees or the vineyard that she brought into the marriage that she inherited, not only does the actual tree belong to her, and not only does the vineyard belong to her, but the, 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 the karka the, 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 that it grows on, the field that it grows on also belongs to her. So over here, there's a machloikis if the husband is allowed to sell it. But if the, the field, the property itself does not belong to her, her father that she inherited it from only owned the actual tree or only owned the actual vineyard, the, the, the vines that are growing. But the field, the karka itself, he did not own. So over here, everybody agrees that the husband has the right to say, I want to sell this. Because over here, this karen itself, she doesn't own the karka itself. She only owns the, uh, the, the, the zaysim and the, the vineyard itself. So over here, the zaysim and the vineyard itself is something which is eventually going to die. So therefore, there's no paytas over here for the husband. So therefore, you take that and you sell it and then you buy a piece of karka. So she should have keren that you could always keep and the husband should be able to eat the fruits. Maska flood of Yasef. So Rav Yasef asked on this. But how could you say that over here, everybody would agree that you could sell? You see in the ratio of the Mishnah that regarding this itself, there was a machlekes. What did it say in the Reisha? In the Reisha of the Mishnah, it's speaking about servants or maids that she brings into the marriage, and they're old, and they're going to die soon, and they're not working well. So this is compared to a case where she brings into the marriage just the trees, or just the vines, and not the karka itself. And over there, over there there's an argument if, she has the, if the husband, that is, has the right to sell it. In the Reisha of the Mishnah, so Rav Shimon Gamliel said, even though they're going to die and the husband will be left with nothing and there'll be no Keren left over here, what did Rav Shimon Gamliel say? Because it's Shvach Besavir, something special that she brought from her father, we can't force her to sell it. So over here as well, if, if she's just bringing the trees and the vines itself, why are you saying that in such a case, everybody would agree that the husband could sell it, but we see from the Reisha of the Mishnah that even in such a type of case that you can't sell it. The Gemara changes what Rav Kahana said. Really, what Rav Kahana said is, He said in the name of Rav, You're right, if she only brought in the trees and just the vines, and there's no actual karka that she owns, so in such a case, it's a machlekes, whether the husband has the right to sell it, because he wants to get the paytas and then leave keren for her, or maybe not, because this is shvach besavia. These are special trees and special vines that she got from her family that she doesn't want to sell. If she's bringing the vines and these uh, olive trees and the karka itself belongs to her, over here, everybody agrees that the husband could not sell it. Because these are the properties that belong to the, to the family and these properties are special to her. So therefore, over here, everybody would agree that you can't, the husband cannot force her to sell these properties for him to be able to get different paytas. A person that invested, he invested money into the properties that he gets from his wife. Again, we're speaking about where she keeps the properties itself and the husband eats the fruits. So while they're married, he's eating all the fruits of the property. So he invested into the properties. So if he invested a lot of money, but even if he ate very little from the property, or he invested very little, and he ate a lot from this property. So either way, it doesn't make a difference. The halacha is as follows. What he invested, the money that he spent is all spent and he does not get it back. Even if he divorces her, he never gets paid back for this money. And what he ate, he ate. 
How about if a husband only invested into the properties, but he never ended up eating, he never ended up taking any paytas. He improved her kaka, he enhanced it for her without ever taking anything from it. So then, so now he's going to swear how much it is that he invested and improved and enhanced the property. And that's not, and he's going to get paid from his wife if he divorces her, he's, she's going to have to pay him for this. Because over here, he, he didn't get anything from this. He's like another person that just comes in and improves her property, and whatever that person invests, she has to pay for. So over here as well, she's going to have to pay him for this. It says the Gemara of When it says in the Mishnah, even if he only ate a little bit from it, so then he doesn't get paid back for anything that he invested, how much is considered to be a little? Amar Avasi, Ravasi says, Even if she ate one dry fig. However, this is only if he ate it in a normal, uh, an honorable or in a normal, normal way of eating. He sat by a table and ate it like a regular way. Not, not if he stand, ate it out in the street as a snack. But he ate it b'derach kovet. said, but by Rav they said, Even shigre de tamri, Rashi has two pshatim of this. But the main pshat Rashi says is, when you take these dates and you... Uh, crush it and you eat these dates and it's not something which is a very hush of a thing of eating even eating just these dates crushed is also considered to be a little bit that he ate that now he can't ask back for any of his investments in this field but baby asked the question how about if he ate so this is after you make beer from the dates and you have the leftovers from this these dates and he didn't eat, drink any of the beer itself but he just ate the leftovers from these dates my, is that enough considered that he ate something that now he won't get paid back? So Teiku, the Gemara doesn't answer this. Now, so before we said that it's only if he ate derech kovet, if he ate sitting by a table with a plate and a fork and a knife like a mensch, that's considered to be that he ate something. But how about loy achlo derech kovet? He ate from the field, but he did not eat in a normal way. So my, so how much of the amount of food that he ate from this field will we say that once he ate, he doesn't get, get paid back any of his investments? There's an argument between two Amiram and Yisrael about this. One opinion was if he ate the value of an Isser, he doesn't get paid back his investment. Another opinion is if he ate the value of a dinner, he doesn't get paid back. The judges, the Dayanim and Pumpadisa said, regarding a husband that ate and took benefit from his wife's property that he won't get paid back, even even if he just took a bundle of zmeiris, of branches, that he, that he is not for human consumption, this is for the behemoths to eat. So that's the benefit that he had, he won't get paid back. Rav Yudah that said this follows his opinion elsewhere. The Omer Rav Yudah said regarding the, the halacha of a person having a chazake in somebody's property. There's the halacha of chazake that even if you have no way to prove your ownership, but if you live in someone's field for three years without anybody protesting against you, so then that's a chazake. So over there regarding that chazake, Rav Yudah said, Achla Arla. If he ate and he sat in the field, even if it's the time of Arla, where you can't have any Anah, or Shviz, it's the time of Shmita, or Kalayim, or you have Kalayim in the field, nevertheless, Hareza Chazaka, living in the field, is uh, using the field for three years, and, and even though you can't yourself eat from it, it's still considered to be a Chazaka, because you give to eat for your, for your animals. So just like there, it's a Chazaka here as well, the husband had his benefit, and he's not going to get paid back the investment. How about a person that spends money on the properties of his wife, which is a katana? So if he marries a katana, we're speaking about the marriage to a katana, which is not a marriage. 
her mother married her off, her brothers married her off. So in such a kind of a marriage, over here the Allah is, This is like you spent money on someone else's properties and that person has to pay you back. Dummy. So over here as well, it's not the same Allah as spending money on your wife's properties where you don't get paid back if you ate something from it. If it's the Nechassim of a Katana, so it's like you spent money on someone else and you have to get paid back. Now, what's the reason? Why is this different? This is not a marriage. <coughs> so the Gemara explains, my time of the Barabanan Tekanta, why did the Rabbanan institute this, that he should get paid back? In order that the husband should not mistreat this property. Because otherwise the husband will say to himself, this is not even a real marriage. And one day she's a katana. What's the Allah of a katana? She can get up one day and just be mind. She could refuse the entire marriage. So he's going to say to himself, why should I even bother investing anything into this property? Um, anyways, she can walk off with me and take the property back. So therefore he should know. No, he's going to get paid back. Whatever he invests, it's worth it. So therefore he's going to treat the property well. He gets it. There was a story with a woman, the Nafula Abba Meyazuzi Bey Chuzoi, that she got a Yerusha of 400 Zuz by Chuzoi. So this was a faraway place where she, where she was living. So Azal Gavra, her husband went, Apik Shismeya, he spent 600 Zuz to travel there, and, and I see Abba Meyazuzi, and he, and he brought the, the 400 Zuz that she inherited. Okay, not, not a very good uh, investment here. He's spending 600 zoos to bring the 400. But <coughs> for whatever reason, this is what happens. So now, Bahadi the Kasi, as he's coming with the 400 zoos, it's the He needed one zoos traveling. He needed to use one zoos for something. So therefore, he took from this 400 zoos that his wife inherited, he took one zoos for himself. He used it. Asla came the Rabami, so now they came Rabami to Rabami to ask a shail over here. Now the question is, if if the husband divorces his wife, will he get paid back this investment that he paid to go and pick up this money for his wife? Rabami said, whatever he invested is, is invested, and he does not get paid back. And what he took, what he ate, he ate. This is the halach of the Mishnah. So in other words, the point is, since he took one zuz for himself from that 400 zuz of his wife, so he already ate something. He took something already for himself. So therefore, all of, his, all of the money that he invest, invested, he does not get anything. So the Rabbana said to Rabbani, how could you pass in this way? When do you say such a thing? That's in a case where he eats fruits, when he gets fruits from what the wife uh, inherited. Over here, he didn't eat any of the fruits of what his wife inherited. Over here, he's, he took a zuz from the keren itself. So if he wants, he can pay back that zuz and the rest. Let him, let him get the investment. He didn't eat any of the paytas. The halach of the mission is only if he took paytas, then whatever investment he loses. That's one point. Another point is, also that zuz that he took from this uh, 400 zuz that she got, he was using it not for himself. He was using it because he was traveling and he needed to use that zuz in order to be able to come for, to, to, bring the, to bring the money to his wife. So if so, why should he lose all the money that he invested in bringing this to his wife? Okay, so in Cain, the Gemara says, he saw Rabami, when he understood exactly what happened over here, as the Mepharshim explained, Rabami himself didn't realize the, the full story of what happened over here, but now he understood it. So he said, So this is a case where the husband invested money to bring the, his wife's money, and he did not eat anything. And therefore, he should she swear, like the Mishnah said, how much it is that he invested in the Yitel, and he's going to get paid for it, everything. 
this is a unique, unique story over here. He's, he's going to end up getting everything uh, uh, that, that, he, that he invested in this. And the, the Rishayim say, even though there is really no paytas here. Right? Over here, usually we talk about he invested and there's, there's no paytas. But the very fact that he's bringing this money that she inherited from a far place, so the husband is investing to bring it to her, so that's the investment that he invested for her paytas. He can say, look, if without me, you wouldn't have had this money. It would have been stuck in Bey Chuzai. So I invested to bring the money to you, so now you have to pay me back for this, since he never benefited anything of it for himself. Even that one Zuz that he used was only for the purpose of bringing it. The Mishnah said, The husband swears how much he invested in the Yitl, and he gets paid for this. Amir Avasi, so Avasi says, When is Allah the Mishnah said, that's only if the amount that he enhanced, improved the field, is corresponding, it's equivalent to what he invested. Then I say this halacha, that he's going to swear how much he invested, and he gets paid for it. So the Gemara wants to understand, what does he mean to say? What did Ravasi mean to say? Rashi explains, what the Gemara is asking over here is, Ravasi definitely did not mean to say that if investment was more than the, uh, again, his investment was more than in the, what the field was actually enhanced, or it was less, that he's not going to get anything. That, that for sure doesn't make any sense. Rather, what the Gemara is asking is, did Rav Asi say this as a kula, that Dafke, in this case, he's going to have to swear, but if there's more enhancement than what, he's inve- what he invested, maybe then he can take even without swearing, maybe that was his Chiddush, or maybe he was saying this as a Chumre, to say that if his investment was, uh, was more, then he's only going to get, not his full investment, he's only going to get the amount of what he actually enhanced the field, according to the enhancement, right? This is what it said in the mission, that he gets all of his investment, that's only if the investment and the enhancement of the field is the same. So it's not clear exactly what Rabasi meant to say. Omar Abaye, Sabai explains, what he meant to say is as follows, if the actual enhancement of the property is more than what the husband spent and more than he invested, so so then he's going to get back the money that he invested without swearing in front to tell us how much it is that he invested. So Rav asks, how could you say this? This is so easy to, for the husband to, to, to lie. You can have fraud over here. The husband's going to come and lie to us. The husband, if he knows that as long as he invested more than what the improvement is, so then he just has to say that he invested more and he can say much more and then he's not going to have to make a shvua. And then he's going to take without, uh, without any shvua. So how can we allow a husband to take without making a shvua? Omar Rav, so therefore Rav says that she'im ha'isa ha'itza yisayr ala shvach. That no, if the ha'itza was more than what the shvach is, so then, So then in such a case, he only takes the hitzah, the investment, which is the shear of what the actual enhancement is. Exact opposite of what Abayah said. Again, Abayah said before, that if the shvach, if the enhancement is more than the hitzah, so then he can take whatever he wants. He doesn't have to make any shvuah. So on that, Rav is asking, if you're allowing him to take without any shvua, so then he's going to say one penny less of what the shvach is, that that's what I invested, and he'll take without a shvua, so that's fraud. So, so, so therefore, Rav says, punk fakert. If the investment was more than the shvach, so then we say he doesn't get that, that amount that's more. He only gets the amount of the investment that's corresponding to what the actual enhancement was, ubi shvua. And this itself is also only with the shvua. The Gemara now has another shayla. What happens? Baal shahirid arisen tachtov. A husband that comes and uh, he, he's using the properties, his wife's properties, he eats the fruits, 
but he, he doesn't work himself in the field. He hires Arisen. He hires workers to work in the field. Now, what's the concept of an artist? In the Gemara, whenever it speaks about an artist, an artist means a person that works and he gets payment from the actual produce of the field itself. He takes, let's say, a third of the produce will belong to the worker. So now, Mahu, the question is, what happens now? The husband hired these workers in the field, and now the husband uh, divorced his wife, and she takes back her properties. What happens with these workers? Do the workers automatically get fired from their work, or do the workers continue working here? So now, do we say, that the workers only came into the field because of the husband that hired them, and as long as the husband is the one that gets the pay this over here, so therefore they work for him. And as soon as the husband is removed of it, so they don't get anything anymore. They, they can't, even though the deal was that they get a certain part of the produce of the field, that's what an artist is, but the moment the husband himself doesn't get anything, so estalik leibal, if the husband is, is, doesn't have that rights anymore because he divorced his wife, estalikilahu, so these workers won't get anything either. Or perhaps we say, when they were hired, they were hired because of the, the field. They, they, they are going to be improving this field, working here in this field, and therefore they work. They improve the field, and therefore they get paid this. So they should get for the work that they did. They should get their percent that they deserve. The field is here for the workers, that they already worked in the field, so they should get their percent that they deserve, even though the husband does not get anything anymore. Says so the Gemara now asks on the Sibaya, Mask of Lord of Abad of Khanan. Improving in the Karen, not in the Paris. Yeah, they improve the Karen, they work in the field, true. And, and the, the, the deal always by an artist is that they get a certain percent of the produce of the field. So even though the husband is not here anymore, the husband divorced his wife, but nevertheless, they already worked in the field, so they should be getting their percent that they deserve. So Maskev Lord of Abad of Khanan, so he asked him, my, What's the question? Of course they should get. What happens if a person just goes down into his free, uh, the field of his friend, Vinata, and he plants it? He plants it without his friend's permission. So what's the halach over there? We evaluate what it is, the work that he did. And he has the lower hand, which means he's not going to necessarily get paid the full investment that he invested into the property. He only gets paid according to the amount of enhancement that the property was actually improved. But that he does get paid. So over here as well, these workers, even if the wife that now owns the field after the divorce did not hire them, the husband is the one that hired them, but nevertheless, they improved the property. So why shouldn't she have to pay them and they should get their percent as workers of the field? So the Gemara answers, it's not the same thing. Hasam over there, when a person goes and improves someone's property, even without permission, there was nobody else that would do this. Nobody else was improving the property. So therefore, when these workers come and improve the property, they have to get paid for what they did, for what they actually improved. But over here, even these workers, if they're not going to do this work in the field, so the husband himself is the one that's going to do the, uh, the work in the field. Right? So therefore, what they do, they're doing in the place of the husband. So they're not going to get more than whatever the husband himself would deserve. They're not just some people that are coming here. They're coming to do the work of what the husband would do. So therefore, as long as the husband is, deserves to get, so they should get. But if the husband does not deserve to get, so then they shouldn't get anything. So the Gemara says, My Havi Allah, what's the answer to the Shaila? says it depends. Chazina, we see if the husband himself is a person that knows how to work in the field, and really the husband himself could do the work, but they're not doing it instead of the husband. So then, so 
So then what happens? They get only as long as the husband would get. And if the husband is not divorced his wife, and the husband does not get anything from the paytas, so they're not going to get either anything. They're taking his place. But are la arisi kaime, or uh, again, so did I skip something around the Lashon de Gemara? I baal arisu. So then, yeah, estalikle baal. So in that case, since the husband is the one that would do the work, so if the husband is removed because he divorced his wife, estalkelohu. So then they don't get anything either. But i baal avarisu. If the husband himself can't do any of this work. So now, when they are hired to do the work, don't say that they are taking the place of the husband. The husband would not do this work. So then, they're just like individuals coming into this field, doing the work. It doesn't matter if the husband owns it, if she owns it. Just like any time a person comes to work into the field, whatever he improved, he gets paid for. So over here as well, this is a field that it's only these workers that it's available for them to improve. And they did the work, they should get paid for the work that they did. What happens if a husband sells these properties that he has the rights to eat the fruits of it? So he sold those rights of eating the fruits to somebody else. This is Mamish the reverse of what we had in the beginning of the Patek, where it speaks about a wife that sells these properties of the Niximaluk to somebody. The question is whether the husband could stop her from selling the properties. Here the Shaila is in the reverse. That the husband is selling the rights of the fruits of these properties. So what's the Allah here? Mahu. Does, does he have the rights to sell that? Miya do we say, my Dekani Akni. Whatever he owns, the rights he has, he sold. Why not? <laughs> or perhaps we say, no, you can't sell this. This whole halacha that Chachamim instituted, that a husband eats the fruits from the property, why is that? Because he eats the fruits. If the husband himself eats the fruits, so there's an income in the house where the wife is living. He brings the, the fruits into the house, he eats himself, he eats in the family. So therefore, this whole halacha that the husband eats the fruits is as long as he keeps the income and the fruits in the house. But then to take these fruits and make a business out of it and go sell it to somebody else and the fruits don't come into the house for this purpose, Chachamim did not give the husband the right to sell it. So there's a machlaikis about this. Yehuda bar Amar bar Rava Amar. So he said in the name of Rava, Mashasasi. What is sold is sold. He has the right to go ahead and sell it. Rav Papi, Amar Mishmei Rava. Rav Papi said in the name of Rava, No, he does not have the right to sell it. The, the fruits that he owns is only to bring it into the home, but not to sell it to anybody else. So Amar Rav Papi, Rav Papi said, Had Yehuda Mar bar This that Yehuda said in the name of Rave, he did never heard this from Rave, and he's, as he's going to explain over here, it really was a mistake. He understood it of a certain psak din in a story, and therefore, really, Rave, uh, uh, Rave said that you cannot sell it. And the Gemara brings a story that happened. There was a, w- a woman, the Ailele Gavre, she brought into the marriage for the husband, Tarti Amasa, two maids. Now, Ozl Gavre, this husband went and Nasevit Sachriti, he married a second wife. So, what did the husband do? The husband took one of the maids and used it to work in the house for the second wife. So, now the first wife came, the first wife came to Ravit Safcha. She screamed and said, I brought in these two maids into the marriage. The second wife brought in nothing. And the husband goes and takes one of my maids to use it for the second wife. Rave did not pay attention to her. And Rave said that the husband has the rights. The husband has the rights to use this maid for the second wife. Now, why? Why does he have the rights? So, somebody looking at this Din Teira and the Psak Din of Rava would think to say the reason is because Rava holds that any Paytas, 
And in this case, what's the paytas? The usage of this maid, so the husband has the right to do with that paytas whatever he wants. He can sell these paytas to somebody else. And in this case, he can use this maid for his second wife. And the, 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 the wife, the first wife, can't have any tightness about this. That's what it seems like Rav's Psak was based on. And that's why Yehuda said that according to Rav, if a husband would sell the paytas, there's no problem. It's sold. But Veloihi, it's not true. The reason is, Mishum Revach Beisa. The reason is that when a husband gets the fruits from his wife's uh, properties, so he only has the rights to use them as long as there's an income, as he's bringing these paytas into his own home, not to sell to anybody else. And over here, even if the husband is using the maid to work for the second wife, but the second wife lives in the same house, and therefore the service of this maid is still in the same house. So therefore, Rave was not paying attention to the first wife that's screaming because the husband has the, wife, the, the rights, that is, to use this maid as long as she's working in the house. That's the reason why Rave didn't pay attention. What's the halacha? Baal shemocha karka a Baal that takes the wife's the, the, the fruits from the wife's properties and he sells the rights for the fruits. He doesn't have the rights to sell that. He can eat it for himself, but not to sell. My time, what's the reason? So here actually the Gemara brings two different reasons why this is so. Abaya says the reason is something else. Not what we said before, but the reason is The reason why we don't allow the husband to sell the rights for the fruits and for the usage of the property to someone else is because we're afraid that this buyer will go and ruin the field. He won't treat it properly. He knows that he doesn't own the property itself. He's like a renter, sort of. He's just bought the rights to use and, and uh, to plant and to use the fruits of it. So he's going to destroy the field. So therefore, the wife doesn't want to allow the husband to sell this and she has the full rights to stop him. Rav says, like the reason we said before, Mishum that the reason is because the whole entire takana of a husband to get the fruits is only as long as he brings the income of the fruits into the house. So Gemara explains, my so what would be the practical difference between these two reasons why a husband is not allowed to sell the fruits and the usage of the property? The difference would be, if it's a field that's right near the city, right near where they live, so in such a case, we rely on the husband that lives right there, or the wife that lives right there, to, to oversee what's going on. This buyer that's using the property, the husband could oversee and make sure that he's not going to destroy the property. So in such a case, according to Abaya, she can't stop him from selling it because he, he's there. He could oversee this. Inami Baal Odesu. What if the husband sells the properties to someone, but the husband himself is working in the property? So as long as he's working there, he's going to make sure that the property doesn't get ruined. So he could sell it, according to Abai's opinion. Inami, or another another nafkemene would be Zuzi v'ka'avid b'hu iske. In a case where the husband takes this money, and what does he do with the money? Uh, that he, uh, if, if there's a case of Zuzi, second, what happens, he sells, the, he sells the rights of using the fruits of his wife's property. What does he do with the money though? He takes this money and he invests it into uh, some kind of investment and he brings the income of that investment back home. So according to Rav, the only reason the husband can't sell the paytas of the property is because you have to be able to bring the paytas back into the home. And over here he's selling it to someone else. But what if he takes the money and then he makes, he earns and he invests and he brings that investment back home? So then he's allowed to sell it because he is bringing the investment back home.